Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Overrun Podcast. I'm Dan Schwester. And uh, my guests today are uh, two uh, entrepreneurs, inventors uh, in medicine that may have just built the better mousetrap. Um, it, it's something that uh, we've taken for granted for a long time. Um, and uh, it's uh, definitely a tool that we use almost every day in practice. I'm talking about our bag mask, resuscitator, BVM, Ambu bag, whatever you call it. Um, there's been a lot of literature on this and uh, studies in the recent past that talk about uh, how this piece of equipment's a little dated and maybe doesn't work right. And it seems that these, uh, these two um, scientists uh, have figured out how to do this. So I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Jonathan Merrill and Adam Scott from Compact Medical Solutions. And they're here to talk to us about building the better BVM. So uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourselves. All right. Sure. Uh, my name is John. Uh, I am a, a pediatric hospitalist uh, um, here in Indiana. Um, I trained as a biomedical engineer in my undergraduate uh, at the University of Virginia, then went to Eastern Virginia Medical School, become uh, an MD, and then came out to Indiana to Riley Children's Hospital, where I did pediatrics residency. And um, so that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, I'm, I'm Adam. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer, also in Indiana, um, uh, from Purdue. And I, um, I'm full-time here at Compact Medical. I uh, used to work for Johnson & Johnson designing hip implants for two years. And then I also did research in uh, neural um, stimulating devices and um, implantable devices. So, so that's really interesting. Um you know, the bag mask resuscitator, the BVM, Ambu bag, whatever we're going to call it. We'll just call it the BVM for the sake of the rest of the, the show. Sure. Um, it's a it's a piece of equipment that's had a long history. It's it's almost 70 years old. Um, it was designed back in the 50s. Uh, the basic design has not changed since then. Um so kind of tell me, and we're, we're going to get into your design and how, how it's different and what it, how it addresses the problems that we've found with the BVM. What, what led you to the BVM? Well, the, actually the story behind it is uh, I, was, I was working as a resident physician at one of the uh, neonatal intensive care units in downtown Indianapolis. And I was talking with a co-resident of mine and she said, you know, as doctors, we know how to save people's lives, but we don't carry the equipment with us when we're traveling. You know, if I'm, if I'm walking my dog at the park and somebody hits the ground, I'm no better as a physician than a lay person at performing life-saving because I don't carry medical equipment with me. And that, that conversation really kind of got me thinking pretty hard about, well, what's one piece of equipment I'd really like to have with me if I were in a, in a remote location or a non-clinical location. Um, and especially in the, in the neonatal world, uh, bag valve mass resuscitation is so crucial to what we do for babies that and as a pediatrician, I can't think of anything I'd like to have more than a, a bag valve mass. Having a defibrillator would be nice too, especially if you're taking care of adults. Um, but I, I was, you know, we weren't, we weren't out to make a pocket defibrillator, but we were, we, you know, when we got started, the, the mission was how do we make a bag valve mass ultra compact? Okay. Um, and from there, 
uh, I went out to Purdue to do some research um, as as a student and had the opportunity to to meet Adam, um, and uh, we we got together with a few other guys and we launched uh, the company Compact Medical. And our our focus again at that time was how do we make the bag valve mask more compact? These things are bulky, you know, you couldn't fit this in your pocket, that kind of thing. And uh, what's happened with time is we've come to realize that compactness is sure compactness is one factor that matters in medicine, but it's by no means the most important one, especially when we're talking about bag valve masks. And it, the more important things are the things that you alluded to in your introduction. Um, you know, bag valve masks were introduced originally in the 1950s. Um, and if you look at pictures of the original uh, bag valve mask by Ambu uh, and side by side with pictures of a bag valve mask today, um, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot that's changed in in these products since they were originally invented. Sure, they've gotten better. Uh, there's, and we're not we're not going to say there hasn't been any innovation in that space. But but we think you're you're largely looking at the same product uh, today as what we had back in the 1950s. And we also know from study after study that lifesavers just can't they just can't help themselves. They they tend to give way more air than what a patient requires during a resuscitation. And so that's that's really shifted our focus. Our mission is, yes, we're still called Compact Medical. And, and yes, we still have uh, an angle and, and a goal to, to release a more compact bag valve mass than what is out there. And we're on track to do that. But uh, more importantly, we're, we're on a mission to make bag valve mass safer for everybody for the future. Yeah, that that's what really interested me when I when I met you at the EMS World Expo. That's what caught my eye about this was it was definitely something that you could that that took up less space than your typical, you know, bag mask resuscitator. But then I start then I started to play with it because then this is the cool thing about going to a conference. You get to put your hands on this and you had the prototype there and I started noticing features that I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. Um, we've had shows on, we have guests um, you know, uh, that we've talked about. We've had whole shows on bag mask ventilation and why, how we do it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about tidal volume. Uh, we talk about the size of these bags and that you know, some of the manufacturers have, you know, they're up to almost two liters of, um, re- of you know, bag. And when you squeeze that, you know, when you think the tidal volume for a normal adult is probably about 400 to 500 mLs, mm-hmm. you really get into a problem where you're causing, you can cause some volume trauma. Um, also, we screw squeezing too hard. Um, a lot of times in the back of an ambulance, we give this piece of equipment to one of the most inexperienced people and mm-hmm. we see them squeezing too hard, squeezing too much, squeezing too fast. And you know, we see all these things and we, you know, there's some correlation now in in the literature that shows we're having worse outcomes because of these issues. Um, we may save them in the field and get them to the ICU and then they get ARDS and die four or five days later. We're not really solving anything. So we've, we've tried interim, uh, things about, you know, squeezing with one hand, two fingers and a thumb, um, use a third of the bag, but some of the features on your design are really designed to take a lot of that out. So in a stressful environment, you really just have to do it. You just have to squeeze the bag and everything else kind of takes care of itself. So talk to me about some of these features um, and we can go through them. Um, because those were the things that really caught my eye. Yeah, it was a unique design. It's different from what it what we normally see. 
But when you start looking at what it can do, that's the cool stuff. Yeah, sure thing. Um, we've we've tried to address everything you just talked about there. You know, barrow trauma and volume trauma, and volume trauma can be split into uh, too large of a breath. Uh, somebody giving giving too large of a tidal volume, it can also be by too too fast of a rate. And we've tried to load into the butterfly BVM features that that give the user more control over all of those all of those variables. So um, probably the the thing that that so far seems to get the most the most excitement uh, generate the most excitement is our tidal volume control feature. So the butterfly BVM has the ability when you first take out of the package, the first thing that a user would do is set the tidal volume based on the size or age of patient that they're caring for. And so this is adapted to Braslow and Hantevi. So if you have a two, if you know it's a two-year-old, you just set it to two-year-old. Or if you have, if you can measure the child and they measure in the yellow Braslow group, weight group, then you would just set it to the yellow category. Or if you're taking care of an adult, then it would, it, it reverts to ideal body weight at that point. Okay. So if you're taking care of an 80 kilo adult or a 90 kilo adult, you just set it to the ideal body weight uh, of that, of that patient. And then that dial will restrict how much the, the bellows portion or the, or the bag portion of the BVM is allowed to open. So rather than default opening to max capacity with every breath, uh, this dial adjusts it so that it, it can only open to the amount that you've allowed it to. And that allows us to dial with much more precision tidal volumes that are appropriate all the way down to an infant up to an adult uh, who weighs uh, with an ideal body weight of 100 kilograms. And, I, and I'll quickly mention at the outset of this, and we'll probably say this a couple other times, but this device is not FDA approved yet. It is not available available for sale in the United States. And so nothing that we say here, uh, you know, it should be construed as a claim. We're not trying to make claims at this point of what the, what the device does, but we will, you know, just speak to what it is designed to do and intended to do um, and where, where we're headed, headed with it. But that's, that's, that's probably the, the the feature that we get the most excitement about is this tidal volume dial that you don't have to think too hard about it. You know, what's the Brazil category or what's the ideal body weight of this patient, which most lifesavers are comfortable with, with calculating that pretty fast. You turn the dial to the setting and then you release the bellows and you just start to go. Uh, and, uh, and it will restrict that tidal volume to something that's appropriate for that patient. And by and what do we mean by what's appropriate for the patient? Something between four and eight milliliters per kilogram should be what you would expect to, to get per squeeze uh, using the butterfly BVM which is a decent range, but that's a much more narrow range than what you would have with a traditional BVM. Much more controlled. You don't have that, that overfilling and there's something that literally will stop you from giving too much. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, And when you consider that some places are going to uh, pediatric or the quote unquote, small adult size bag, uh, because it delivers a more physiologically appropriate ventilation. This takes it a step further because you can actually get a measurable tidal volume and know what that tidal volume is, almost like a vent setting. You literally can you literally can document this. You can say, hey, this is what he had, this is what the ideal body weight was, this is what we've given, that's what they get every breath. Let's talk about pressure because um I think that's the other part of this that we have with bag mask ventilation. Um, one of the big problems that we see is not just tidal volume, but how how hard that breath goes in. And again, you know, you're seeing bag mask ventilators that have manometers on them. Um, I they're good, but I think 
it's kind of hard to focus on that little dial and keep it in the green when you have other things going on in your task saturated. Um, again, the butterfly BVM seems to have kind of addressed that situation and made it uh, less stressful and kind of lowered the cognitive load for a, a clinician who's giving breath. So how, how did you do that? Did you, you know, because uh, the way I understand it, it can, you can set a pressure and it won't exceed that pressure. With traditional bag bomb masks, most of them vent at 40 centimeters of water just by default. Um, it's either that or you can flip a switch to, to be on override um, where it doesn't vent at all. And, and 40 centimeter water is, is just too high of a pressure sure. um, for, for most patients. Um, and so we were trying to find a way to be able to adjust that to appropriate pressures. But because we have an adjustable tidal volume, we need to be able to address um, all sizes of patients in, in one device. And so that includes pressures. Um, and so we, we wanted a way to be able to default to, you know, lower pressures for infants and, and pediatrics and higher pressures if we needed to for adults, um, depending on the situation too. And, and so, um, we, we had come up with, with the dial that we have, um, and, and, you know, we've, we've done a lot of testing on it and, um, it seems to work pretty well. Um, there's always, you know, up, up until we, we need to finish testing, there's going to be some tweaks, but it's, it's been, it's been doing well. And, and like John said, we do those preliminary and, and the cool thing about having this, this dial that you can turn from 15 centimeters water up to 60, and then also have the override, um, is that you don't need a manometer. Um, and, yeah. and you, you can bag without one that, that leaves you up to be able to pay attention to the patient or other things going around on around in the room. Yeah. And, and, um, and it, you know, it's going to take a minute for, for people to be confident in that, for, for users to be confident and not needing a manometer. But um, once it once it gets out there and gets traction and people start getting used to it, it should be good. You get a point where you've just got information overload as a lifesaver. Right. You, It's really hard. And I would argue on some level, it's kind of impossible for a human to accurately be keeping your tidal volumes in check, especially when you have nothing to tell you if your tidal volume's appropriate or not. Be watching for chest rise, chest fall, um, be watching a manometer to make sure that you're hitting, you know, high enough pressures, but not too high. And then be, uh, um, you know, making sure that your rate is neither too fast nor too slow uh, for the patient you're caring for. Um, that's a lot for a lifesaver for one person to do. Um, and that's, there's a reason why bagging is a full-time job, right? That's, there's a reason why when you, when you're, you know, that's, you give, you know, somebody that job, your job is to bag and nothing else, right? Because, because you can't afford to, to distract that person from that all important task. But we also know that one, like you said, often it's the least experienced person in the room is the one who's being given the bag. And two, um, we know that we know the most life-saving scenarios are, are, are anything but ideal. You don't always have you know, enough hands on deck. And so sometimes that person who's doing the bagging is being distracted, is being asked to do other things or to divert their attention. And so trying to then expect somebody to man to monitor rate, tidal volume, pressure, uh, all of those, all those factors at once is just, it's just honestly not realistic. And so what we're trying to do is set up the butterfly BVM that will function a little bit closer to a ventilator. Like you, you said, I, I don't think that's an inappropriate analogy. It, it again, we're not shooting for that quite that degree of precision. Um, it's still a handheld device. So there will be variability from user to user, but we are trying to get to something a little bit closer to that where, Hey, you adjust the settings and the knobs, and then you can just squeeze and you don't have to, don't have to overthink things. Yeah. And not overthinking things is important in a resuscitation. I mean, I, I'm, you know, they all make fun of me on the show because I'm the oldest and I'm actually old enough that I remember 
you know, going out and washing BVMs out in the sink at the hospital to get them back into service. Um, you know, so I, I, I've been using them a while and I can tell you, even me when I'm, when I'm doing it on a, when I'm ventilating a patient, I'm that's it. That's all I've got. Um, I have very little bandwidth left over to monitor what's going on around me. And this is, these, these variables are the reasons because you're trying to give a good breath. You're trying to give a consistent breath. You're trying to stay within parameters that are hard to measure, but you're still trying. And um, this seems to be able to knock down that cognitive bandwidth and give better results. Um, and it seems that your data, I mean, it's not uh, whether you're ready to release it or not, I, I think it seems like your data is showing that. So that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, the other thing that I liked about this, and the, the other thing that I thought was really cool at the show, um, peep valves are very big um, on you know on BVMs now. Um, that's that's the buzzword you hear. Um, and every manufacturer, I think, probably has a peep valve that will fit their particular brand. The problem with these things that I see being out in the field is they're usually separate from the bag. Uh, very rarely are they integral to that bag mask and available and ready right when you use them. So a lot of times, especially like you said, those high bandwidth situations, this is a piece of equipment that you know, invariably will fall underneath the stretcher, will get overlooked while we're doing the nuts and bolts of actually getting things uh, settled. And it's kind of an afterthought. You've taken that out of the equation with this. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you integrated it with it so that when you take this thing out and you're ready to use it, everything is there for you to use. Yeah, um, that's that's probably our favorite part about this, this whole venture is that, you know, we're making something that you have everything at your disposal. As soon as you, as soon as you pull out the bag on mess, um, the peep valve in particular, it's, um, as you said, it's integrated. It's, it's not a separate part. It's built right into the bag bomb mask. And that way it's available to anyone that has a butterfly BBM. Um, it's, it's default setting is zero. Um, that way, you know, you're not starting out with a peep, um, a peep value, um, a lot safer for patients and, and bagging in general. Um, but it can adjust up from zero up to 20 centimeters of water. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great feature that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And, and preset to zero is nice because most of the time, uh, BVMs are used, especially at the, the EMT level. In your cardiac arrests, um, we know not giving PEEP is probably a good thing for these patients. You want to maximize venous return um, and coronary blood flow and decrease that intrathoracic pressure. Once you get them, once we start getting a perfusing rhythm, yeah, now it's time we can start dialing it up. So it's good. It starts at zero and, you know, it's just a cut. It's a click of a knob and you're up to five to 10 to 15 yep. to 20. Um, really cool to integrate this so it's not forgotten um, because I, I believe it's a really important part of ventilating a patient effectively and safely um, to recruit lung tissue, to, to get them oxygenating better. Um, this is something that's really cool. So we've addressed the volume issue. We've addressed the pressure issue. And we've talked about how a lot of times the you know, the, the least experienced person 
uh, is given the bag in a resuscitation situation. And, and, you know, like I said, it's usually the over-caffeinated 18-year-old who's, it's their first hot call and they are jacked, their adrenaline's cranking. And, you know, you're going to tell them, hey, count six Mississippi, like, you know, like you're playing football in the yard. And, you know, he's going one, two, three, four, five, six, squeeze one, two, three, four, five, six, you know. You guys have kind of added a feature uh, for rate control that will control that flow rate so that you you don't have that uh, you don't have that problem. So talk talk about that feature. Yeah, sure. Um, we that's exactly right. We've we've added a rate control feature that is it's designed to slow how quickly the bag is allowed to expand. And so, and the, the idea is that it would take about five to six seconds for it to expand for an adult volume, uh, a pediatric volume or an infant volume, it would expand faster than that. Um, but that's, that's all just a function of how much the, the bellows needs to expand anyway. And, and so if you set the, if you set the tidal volume to an adult, it's going to have to expand a full amount. If you set it to an infant setting, it's going to only expand a little bit, but we have a mechanism that controls how quickly, um, gases, whether that's ambient air or if that's, you know, oxygen from, you know, an o- a compressed O2 source, how quickly that that air is allowed into the bellows. Uh, and that allows us to slow, uh, in most cases, what we're trying to do is slow the user down uh, so that they they don't give uh, breaths too quickly, just kind of like you, you talked about that, that scenario. So, um, so we are, you know, we're designing it so that when you set it to an adult tidal volume, it would take about five to six seconds for the bellows to fully expand. And hopefully the, the idea is that that will provide a, you know, some mental feedback to the user that like, oh, wait, it hasn't fully opened. I need to slow down. I need to not deliver a breath until it's there. Um, now, that said, there are some clinical scenarios when it may be advantageous to deliver more air. For example, um, you know, if you're dealing with a, a patient who's acidotic, right, and you need to, you need to blow off more CO2 to get their, you know, their, their pH balance where it needs to be. Or sometimes after, before or after uh, intubating a patient, right? You may have, depending on how difficult the intubation was, that patient may have gone for an extended period of time without air. And so being able to quickly blow, uh, you know, get some breaths in and out of them may help to, to adjust for that. And so there are, there are some clinical scenarios when it may be advantageous to deliver air a little bit faster than what the butterfly BVM's default setting would, would allow. And so we designed into that rate control mechanism. There's a, essentially a toggle switch that you can toggle to fast or slow. So, um, you know, the way we envision it is it would default come out of the package set to slow, because generally speaking, we're trying to slow people down, um, but the user at their discretion, if if the if you know the clinical scenario calls for it, uh, can just rock that switch back to the fast setting, and then the bellows uh, will expand much faster, allowing them to deliver uh, breaths much more quickly. Yeah, I can I can see this in a scenario of um, you know, like you said, clinical scenarios like uh, somebody with a salicylate overdose uh, yep. or yep. somebody who's in DKA, and we've had to intubate them, which has happened a few times to to me in the field. And you want to maintain that inherent rate of ventilations that they're doing. We yep. don't want to take somebody who's breathing in that situation, who's breathing thirty two times a minute, and take them down to ten because. That acid, like you said, that acidosis is not going to be compensated for. They're going to get sicker a lot faster. Right. Uh, so the ability to do that and flip that switch, it's rare, but when you need it to have it there, that's a really great thing. Yeah. Um, 
very cool. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, and and we'll get into more of the nuts and bolts of production and you know how much the business part of this, as much as you guys are willing to talk about. Um, this thing is also a CPAP. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, and, and, you know, for your clinical managers out there and your medical directors who are kind of rolling their eyes and going, well, I'm not going to spend money on a BVM. Like, hold on a second. You could replace the BVM and the disposable CPAP on your truck with one piece of equipment. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you guys are going for? Yeah, it's, it is. And actually this one, this one came about more because of my role as a, as a pediatrician. I, I, when I do resuscitations, I resuscitate babies. Right. And, and there the ability to, to toggle in essence, jump between positive pressure ventilation or just CPAP Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, is a really attractive feature to have uh, because there's a lot of, a lot of infants where you give them you know, a few, a few breaths of positive pressure ventilation, and then they start to, they start to cry, they start to breathe on their own, but they don't have enough, you know, they, they just don't have what they need to be able to overcome all the resistance in their lungs uh, immediately. And so it'd be really nice if they could just have a little bit of CPAP to, to, to keep them rolling. Right. And so, so that's, that's kind of where, where it, it came from. But we realized that it's not just, it's not just babies who occasionally need CPAP, right. I mean, older kids and adults on occasion, it, it, you know, it, basically it's, it's for that scenario where, you're, you're bagging the patient and then they, they have enough, um, enough, you know, internal, uh, independent respiratory drive, uh, that they, they don't necessarily need positive pressure ventilation, uh, but just a little bit of CPAP to take, take the pressure off of their lungs and make it easier for them to get air in, in and out is all that is really required. And so, so the nice thing with the butterfly BVM is you can kind of toggle back and forth between those two, uh, settings. And, um, we have a CPAP tab, uh, we call it that you would just put in place that plugs one of the, one of our oxygen relief valves. Um, and then because it has a built-in peep dial, uh, you, you can, that's how we, that's how we can get away with it. So, um, uh, you know, cause other, other bag valve masks, uh, can deliver CPAP too. Right. But you have to add the peep to it, right. You have to go find your peep dial. You have to attach it. You have to modify it. And now you've had to open the package on a peep dial. Um, you know, whether or not you're saving money just kind of depends at that point on, on the, on the various price points of those individual pieces. But with the butterfly BVM, because that peep dial is built in standard, you can just, you know, if you want to set it to give a CPAP of five, you just turn the peep dial to a peep of five, and then you can just leave that, leave the mask on the patient's face to form a seal and you'll be delivering CPAP. That's really cool. <laughs> and then, and you still have that ability to give them a breath if they're, if they're a little tired out yeah, or, you, do. you know, especially with, like you said, with the, especially with the little ones, you know, like occasionally they might need a little extra and then you know beyond the pressure support and you can give them that safely without doing too much pressure without too much tidal volume and if they're going okay on the non-invasive we can go ahead and stay there um you know pediatric intubation is a fraught thing in the field um not my favorite thing in the world Mm um uh you know there's some arguments that we probably shouldn't be doing it in the field but this could stave off for a lot of kids that that need to uh, do that. So, you know, that, that to me keeps things safer and uh, probably gets us a better to a better place with these kids. So that's a really, that's a really great point. Um, So I guess the next thing that uh, everybody's talking about is uh, well, the one thing, the other thing I want to talk about is there's no reservoir here. 
Like <laughs> most of your BVMs have like this, you know, the reservoir hanging off it. I'm looking at it. I don't see it. So how did you address that? Yeah, the, we, most BVMs need a reservoir because they open so quickly. Um, you know, there's certain ISO standards that you have to reach um, that your BVM has to deliver a certain blend of oxygen when you're connected to an O2 source um, in, in order to, you know, in order to release your, your BVM. And um, the challenge with traditional bag valve masses is that they tend to, because they tend to open in, you know, a fraction of a second, right? Most, most BVMs will expand, you know, a full tidal volumes worth of air in probably a half second, you know, or, or sometimes less, right? Because they open so quickly, there's only so much time for that air that's coming into that to fill that that um, that bag, there's only so much time for that to be oxygen rich air coming off of your O2 tank. And so to compensate for that, uh, they, you know, traditional bag valve mass have uh, oxygen reservoirs. And, and, and that it makes it so that when that when the bag expands, it's pulling not only from the line that's connected to your tank, but it's pulling from that re reservoir so that at least in theory, you're able to get a, a good enough blend of oxygen within the bag in preparation for the next breath. Now, there have been there's 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 one interesting study we saw. Uh, a few months ago that um, were actually, if you, if you take a, a traditional BVM and you attach to reservoir and everything by about your third or fourth breath, especially if you're hyperventilating the patient, which tends to happen in the field um, by your third or fourth breath, you're no longer giving uh, the, the kind of oxygen blend that you think you are. Um, and so that's, that's one of the problems uh, even with a reservoir on a traditional BVM um, you may, or you may not actually be getting the, the blend of oxygen that you think you are um, with the butterfly BVM because the, the the main thing is because we slowed down that inflation rate, you know, because we've made it so that it takes you know several seconds for this thing to open when you're delivering it to an to an adult, uh, you know that that gives you enough time if you're running 15 liters per minute of oxygen off of a tank into that into that bag, that gives you enough time for for that bag to slowly inflate with that 15 liters per minute coming of, of pure O2, which means you're going to get a much better oxygen blend uh, in that sort of a setup uh, without even needing to resort to a reservoir uh, than you can have with a traditional BVM plus reservoir. Do you guys find that you're burning through tanks less with the butterfly BVM than a traditional BVM? Or did you look at that? Is that an yeah. advantage or? We have not, we have not really looked at, we have not tested that. At this point, so we really can't speak to that. Uh, what we'll say is that um, you're, we're not expecting users to change their behavior using this with regard to the O2 tank, right? You're you're going to continue to hook up to the tank. You're going to continue to run that at fit around, you know, 15 liters per minute is pretty standard. That's what we're designing this to work under. So you're still going to be running oxygen out of that tank about 15 liters per minute. So we would not anticipate there being a significant difference between the two. Honestly, I think it's a really great uh, piece of equipment. I think I I, I think it's going to change how we do things. Um, it's, it's a unique design. Um, and I think everybody should take a hard look at it. Um, cause I think you guys did really kind of catch lightning in a bottle with this. Um, where can, where can they go? Where can the audience go, uh, to take a look at this thing and, um, you know, learn a little bit more about it. Um, do you have a website, Facebook page, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got social media. Um, we got LinkedIn, Facebook, um, that's all compact medical. 
Um, if you go to uh, compactmedicalsolutions.com, um, that's that's our website. We've got a, a, sh- a showcase of all our features and and what's important about them and, and why they're um, why we put them on there and why they're a good thing, um, and a little bit about the team and, and where we're going and, and what we've done so far. Um, you can check all that out. And, any uh, any other interesting products on the horizon, or you can't tell? <laughs> uh, we got our little black books, <laughs> um, but but right now we got we got to focus on this one, and and yeah. hopefully we're. Successful. I had to, I had to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, and all of this is going to be linked into the show notes, everybody. Um, I, I really think everybody should take a look at this um, because this is a really good piece of equipment. Uh, I'm excited to get my hands on one to play with it in the labs and kind of see how it works. Um, and uh, I think uh, once you take a look at this, I think it's going to be some real, it's really going to be an interesting thing for uh, EMTs and paramedics to, uh, you know, do you know, be better for our patients and give them a better chance of, you know, walking out of the hospital after they have a, a you know, an insult. So, um, John, Jonathan and Adam, I'd really like to thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, you guys did some really strong work with this. Um, all this is going to be linked into the show notes. Um, guys, check us out, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram. I think we have a TikTok. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's the younger people. Um, and uh, for the overrun, I'm Dan Schwester. Thanks for listening and get home safe, everybody. Bye.